we are back. And hey, guys, before we get started, let's go ahead and do um, this betting. I have set up a betting. Is John drinking something that has a fruity flavor? So let's go ahead and start the betting on this. You can go ahead and start. So let him, that way he doesn't know it and see it. Um, your max bet is 100, min is, a, min is 1. Uh, so you do estimation point bet, space, yes or no, space, and how much you're going to put into it. And we'll find out if John is actually drinking a fruity drink today. Um, so we'll have to see. If you're new to the stream, congratulations. Welcome. We like seeing new people. Make sure you hit that follow and like. Um, today is my birthday, so we are definitely having a lot of fun. We're going to have some cake and eat it too. Um, so go ahead and give me some betting on that. And we will see how everybody is doing. And I'm going to look at the betting. It may take a little bit to do it. Um, I don't see anything coming up. So John is coming back, so let's kind of like not let him know, but he's going to know in a second. And Relax, betting's not working. Um, actually, type the number, not the word, guys. So it is exclamation point bet zero or one, and then how much you're going to bet on this. Uh, if you win, of course, you will get some of your money back. If you lose, you lose. Uh, <laughs> you like that, John? <laughs> So don't say anything and don't don't tell anybody yet because we do, I don't even know if what he's drinking is a fruity drink or not. Um, so go ahead. what John is drinking is a fruity drink. Well, because I I'm, I'm trying out the new betting system, and right now it is um, going to be that you type exclamation point bet a number with a yes or no, and then how much and if you win, you get money back. If you don't, you know, of course you lose it because it's just betting. It's something to do with our dice head, guys. Um, we're going to leave this open for a little bit, um, and then we will shut it down. cake. I yeah. have cake, too. I only got a piece of it. John's got a whole cake. It's a piece of cake. Oh, it looks like a whole cake from my, my I mean, area. It's made circular. Oh, it just makes circular. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's no bigger than my hobby street. Actually, it's almost the exact same size as my hobby street emblem. Oh, okay, that's actually not bad. It's not huge. It's actually kind of huge. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, if you know, it, yes, it is my birthday, and today we will be giving away uh, my miniature, a miniature I painted. <laughs> Yay! It's the same size as the base of one of these armatures. <laughs> Um, That's fine. That's fine, John. And own else? that cake. Uh, our oh, topic well. for today is RPGs. Since Kathy didn't get to be part of the RPG, um, we're going to do RPGs, and we're going to talk about our favorites, how to keep them going, when to end them, and of course we have our media section. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and end the betting, so no one can get on this. And we're going to stop it and see how this works. Does that and take mortal wounds? No, Legionnaires, this, uh, 
This cake has feel no pain versus mortal wounds. So, Kathy, what are you having to drink today? I'm uh, I'm finishing up the uh, this bottle that my dad left with Coke. Okay. And uh, of course, coffee. Of course, coffee. Okay. And uh, I am actually going to be drinking some Cabernet Sauvignon from Kendall Jackson. Um, I love me some cab uh, with my cake with today. Steak. I had it with steak last night, so I'm having cake today. Um, so, John, we did a bet, and the bet was some people said, I have two people that said, no, you're not drinking a drink that has a fruity flavor or taste to it. What are you drinking like tonight? Like apple or cherry. Or anything like that. Why would you bet no on that? <laughs> I wouldn't bet no on that. Well, Norrin brought me an entire bottle of 43 vanilla liqueur uh, as a uh, preemptive apology in case he did something stupid. Which worried me horribly, but it ended up being okay. Uh, so I mixed that with uh, some orange juice for... Uh, what basically tastes like an orange Julius. So, is that a fruity drink? Oh, fuck yeah, it's orange juice, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so, <laughs> so any, everybody that voted yes got points, and I can see that it is nobody. Look, let me hedge your bets on that one, guys. Bet to this podcast? Yes. <laughs> John usually always drinks something fruity. Fruity whiskeys are my thing. Yeah. I almost brought the thing of uh, leftover peach whiskey. But I was out of hands. Um, also, guys, I'm going to go and open up the uh, poll. Um, we're looking for our next topic for State of the Game. Um, and you can vote on this and tell us what you want. And we will take whatever's the highest and go with it. Um, and we'll go and start that up. Um, same oh, yeah, thing. Ten. Except you don't spend points on this. Or Correct. No points. points are spent, so you don't have to worry about it. Um, it doesn't cost you anything. We just want to know. It's just a poll for us to find out what y'all want to hear about. And also, we are going to open up the giveaway. Giveaway? Uh, uh, the thing is, I, is to do this one, it is, a, it is exclamation point, raffle. Um, space, how many point, how many dice heads you're going to spend. Uh, and you get one raffle ticket per 50, so you can go ahead and get whatever you want. I'll go and start that and let that keep going, and we'll, uh, so, we'll know where it's at. So, so do that in multiples of 50. Yes. So if you want one ticket and you have 50 points, of course, it's one. It's exclamation raffle, and it's how many tickets, not how many points. Correct. How many? How many tickets? So if you have two hundred, how many raffle tickets can you get? Uh, four. Yeah. That's math. So exclamation point raffle space four. Um, other than that, the prize is uh, Colby the uh, McKernick uh, from the Black River and Re Black River regulars. Yes, it is a mercenary model. Uh, it is the special PP version that you can only get at like lock and load mm -hmm. or given to you. You said PP. Or uh, lock and load. I said PP. Uh, I'll show it better when we get to the paint cam. Um, guys, we're also trying to upgrade some equipment. Uh, Kathy needs a new camera and a small green screen that we're trying to work towards. So any <laughs> donations are highly welcome. Uh, also, if you are a patron subscriber, uh, be on the lookout. If you're $5 or higher, Kathy will be emailing you to find out a day that y'all can do your Google Hangout. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Oh, yeah, and... Uh... Congo, don't do raffle 50. You don't have points. Do, do raffle one. 
If you only have 50 <laughs> points. Crimson. Yes, Colby Sterling. Yeah. Yes, yes, Colby Sterling. It's the special edition from Lock and Load. Uh, I've been um, too long, so, uh, with Ron. The oh, yes. Let's go ahead and give our a drink, guys. Oh, my. That is good. Oh, oh that's some good wine. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, anybody is allowed to uh, go in on this raffle. Um, it's for everybody. Uh, if you do win, please make sure you send us your address. Um, and you know what? I'm going to take a bite of my cake. Um, I'm having a vanilla cake with, of course, buttercream frosting because that is the only frosting that should be on a cake. Uh, oh, my God, I got to get mine open. Uh, ha, ha. Mm. Uh. Holy crap, it's coming apart a little bit at the top here. Cake? Is this surgery? Uh, I had to unwrap it. Everybody, uh, Congo, what you do is you type exclamation point raffle. And how many raffle tickets? One raffle ticket costs 50 points, so just know what your dice sizes are. Uh, let's go and switch up to the paint cam. We're going to switch over to something different. And I, and I have Boston cream cake. Ooh, yummy. <laughs> uh, the poll is still going, so uh, just keep going. It'll I'll stop it at the end of the show so we can figure it out. And where giveaway is working... And multiples are there, guys. Good job. Thank you for helping us work this out and sticking with us on that. Um, and that'll come through every once in a while. So let's go to oh, my paint cam. Oh, this is, is that really, this really is good, Kate? Yeah, so, uh, oh, my God. Don't this expect is me model. talking much. Well, then Gonzo can tell us what he's uh, painting and show us his model he's giving away. Um, here's my Colby model that I'm going to be giving away. It's a, the special edition from like lock and load or something like that. I got it gifted mm -hmm. to me um, for volunteering at uh, War Machine Weekend. Um, did a little water base with her and a cork base and little water effects and everything. I mean, I'm not an awesome painter, but it, I thought it turned out pretty dang good. Um, we're going to finish up today. Um, my Treeman Ancient is almost done. I've already done pretty much everything on him except for his head. Um, so everything's done. Snow's on them. Snow's on the base. Base is finished. Just got uh, to so finish the head and then paint it. Gonzo, in honor of Father's Day, would you say you're a little behind in painting and you need to get a head? I need to get a head. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's going to be there. All puns are funny today. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'll put that thing aside, or I'm just gonna mm -hmm. devour the whole thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Not that that's a bad thing. <laughs> also, we kind of did the stream up a little bit different, guys. If you notice, we've got our giveaway and our followers. We want to really reach 200 followers by the end of the month. Not impossible, but it kind of helped us. Uh, and anytime we reach one of those two goals, uh, fifty dollars donated or 200 followers, we will give a giveaway. The first giveaway I will be giving away is an extreme behemoth oh shit oh cool extreme um, so if we reach either one of those two goals we will definitely be giving that away uh i got some other stuff too but that's what we'll be giving away waiting for the podcast to catch up because we got other things we got to talk about yep um so what is our subject today john well before that we should probably remind people that if you uh want to subscribe to us on Twitch, that has to happen every month. 
Twitch mm. doesn't send you reminders, doesn't auto up your subscription. You just have to uh, do that every month. So, uh, like, if you have a Twitch Prime, if you have a Twitch Prime account from Amazon Prime or whatever, just uh, jump in and give us a sub. I assume something should show up, but I just used mine and nothing showed up, so I don't know what's going on. It may take a minute or two. I've noticed that happened before. Yeah, um, also, uh, someone go and give a shout out to uh, Metalhead Minis or my big old friend Lynn right there. Oh hell yeah! <coughs> She's so awesome. Done. Love you, sweetie. <laughs> there you go. Um, and so we can say that. Um, yeah, I just found out that we also have a. Um, um, also have a room set up for our moderators and subscribers that we'll give you out special information to. I'm going to take this last bite of this cake really big. Um. <laughs> this, this is the birthday episode uh, for those who weren't here for the pre-ramble. It's Gonzo's birthday, and so cake is being eaten, but not by me. Why didn't you get cake? But you couldn't eat it and have it, too. Percent. Mm. I had meat cake. Does that count? Meat cake? What is meat cake? Steak. Oh, steak? Okay. Um, Alright, so, yes, I definitely need to finish off the head today, because I want to finish this model off. Um, of course, the poll is still open, and the uh, giveaway is still open. Other than that, we're going to talk about something really cool. RPGs. Um, yeah, I like RPGs. Kathy wasn't yeah. here when we did our original one, so I figured as my birthday gift to her, I would give uh, RPGs because I love talking about RPGs. Uh, so, hi. Uh, we will talk about our, our favorite ones, but I think for us right now, we need to talk about campaigns. Um, and I think, how do you keep a campaign going? Because there is a thing called burnout. Well, really, you got to start even before that you're, you're sort of jumping into the second part is when you uh when you're the game master running the game and you throw your elevator pitch at them you should let them know if this is going to be a sort of sandboxy campaign where they're going to do whatever or if this is a set i have have an entire i have an endpoint in mind for this campaign that way they know what to expect okay because obviously if it's a campaign where you have an endpoint in mind Knowing it when to end it is uh, pretty easily because if it, you get to that end point, you should end it. Yeah. That's not to say you might need to end it beforehand. You know, people aren't interested, what have you. But uh, you should definitely start there with the uh, with the proper expectations of, uh, you know, what you're doing. Okay. Now, pretty much everything I do that's not a one-shot is, is sandbox. You know, we're going to play until we decide we are, we are done with this or... We need to move on because something else has caught our interest. Okay. Um, I said I wasn't going to talk. I was going to get cake, and here I am talking all the time. <laughs> um, so that, that's a good start. Uh, knowing when to stop it, I mean, you can see the warning signs in people where they're just not interested. They'll start missing sessions. Um, maybe they'll start talking more and more about, well, you know, change my character. I'll change my character again. When that stuff starts to happen, then... You definitely need to be looking for a good, if not ending point, a good stopping point. Um, I actually suggest a, uh, a looking for an ending point rather than a stopping point because it is exceedingly difficult to come back to a game once you've stopped. 
Oh, yeah, 100% I agree on that. <clears throat> you can. I have had it happen multiple times where we've come back to games and um, maybe one or two people need to change their characters, but everyone else is good to jump right back in. Um, I had one superhero game hey, where Rover. it sort of, uh, we stopped it on uh, after they had averted an alien invasion. It was a whole big thing. They convinced one of the NPC villains to help them out. Um, sort of like a friendlier, sort of like a less violent Deadpool named Foxbat. He uh, he uh, helped them out with the Foxbat shuttle. Uh, but as they get done, you know, driving off the enemies, uh, they find they're on the other side of the solar system and they have a long flight back. So we actually stopped the campaign on that and did some other stuff for a while. But then we were able to come back right as we left off with them coming back to Earth. At a certain point, but that doesn't always happen. I've had other games we've tried to come back to just haven't worked. So have that in mind when you're thinking of it. Uh, think of an endpoint. Um, but even if you are thinking of an endpoint, try not to be that you know super final battle where you know half the PCs die or whatever, because you may find you want to come back to it. There's something about familiarity with a game, you know. Especially if you add if you uh, had elevator pitched it as a uh, sandbox game. Be, be more willing to keep it open at the end. Now, if you pitched it as, you know, you know, this is going to be, I have a, you know, a set endpoint, and you have to end before that endpoint. Try to make it more of a something you can come back to. Kathy? All right, someone else needs to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy, so I've uh, never, I've never run a game. Okay, but, so, so let's I, hear from the player's perspective. What what do you think you should do to keep a campaign going? I mean, have you ever played a game and you're just like, yeah, this is not going anywhere. I'm not having any fun. Well, yeah, those are the ones that last for like, you know, three days. When I was, I mean, in the early 90s when I was playing, uh, my community college had a club, you know, and sometimes we would all get together in a gigantic game. And occasionally we'd split off into two different groups and play two different games. But if it wasn't going anywhere, you knew because, you know, half the people wouldn't show up, like John says. And, uh, you know, somebody else is begging to uh, to run a different game. Because we were playing all kinds of different RPGs. It wasn't just, you know, D&D or Rift or you know, Deadlands or something. There was a ton of different games being played. <laughs> there were there were many times where we spent an entire, you know, afternoon creating our characters for one game only to play it twice and then move on to something else. And spend the next afternoon uh, making yeah. the characters. Yeah. And, and we all know that it it depends on who the, the GM is uh-huh. and and whether you know, the players are are going to respect that person. Mm-hmm. Well, there's also more than that. As a, as a player, you can you don't have to be the GM, but you can be the right hand and, and keep people focused and keep people, you know, respecting the GM to at least give them a proper chance to play. Uh, when I get a chance to play, which is really, really, really rarely, yep. I tend to fall into that because I really want to make sure that, you know, we get a chance to play so, you know, you don't... You, you stop all that stuff that can derail a game. Too many rules that's, questions, yeah. too much challenging the GM. Like, no, don't challenge the GM. That's he says it works role, that way. Uh, that's kind of my role in our Monday night D&D. Uh, we have <coughs> one person that does kind of get bogged down in the rules. We have one person who uh, 
is very, very pedantic uh, when he's trying to make a decision about anything. So while I try to, you know, make sure that he has his say once he actually does decide what he wants to do, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still trying to move the story along so we actually get something accomplished. Done, yeah. And then the guy next to me, he's like my dad's age. He's been playing since before it was D and D. You know, wow. like Gen Con one. You know, this guy is—he's seen it all, and uh, so he'll always be like, "All right." Let's go. Let's go. Anytime there's a rule question, he's like, fog of war, fog of war. Let's move on. That, that means something <laughs> different to my group. Fog of war is what we yell at when we're, it's probably going to be friendly, friendly fire. <laughs> well, fog of war! Oddly enough, um, it, it has many different meanings. And now it's kind of, uh, it's kind of an inside joke uh, for us. Anytime anything unexpected happens or anything, you know, you just fog a war. <laughs> you can tell yeah, me anything. Like, Anytime there's a rule question, it's like, you know, the one guy, the one guy I was talking about, he's always getting bogged down in rules and Jack yep. fog a war. And so when Jack's not there, now I, now I do You that. get the old fog a war, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's, let's throw a couple questions in here inter- intermixed with our, uh, our talk here. Um, so Legionnaire goes, how do you pick your RPG that you play? Well, what game system to play? That's actually, that's when you, you got to discuss as a group, in my opinion. You, well, kind of, but... Is it fantasy? Is it sci-fi? Is it Weird West? Well, I would say it's actually easier than that, because whoever's running the game should come to the group with, like, a movie, like someone wanting to make a movie, with an elevator pitch. Yeah. Like, I want to make a movie that's a cross... I want to make a game that's a crossover of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Mad Max. And that's called Roadhogs. They already have it, but... Yes. <laughs> but... And if they're in, they're in. If they're not, like, eh, then, like, all right, let's, let's think of something else to do. And generally, you don't do that on game nights. You do that outside of game nights. Uh, Hal, social media has made this all so much easier. Mm-hmm. You just chat with everyone, like, this is our ideas. What do you think? You know? And throw your idea out. Um, so picking your game system should be the system works with what you want to do. Um, sometimes people are like, I just want to play D&D. So, okay, sure, you just want to play D&D, so you want to play fantasy, because that's what D&D does. Um, it, there's certain games that are easy for it, but there's some, you know, well, I want to play GURPS. Well, shit, that didn't tell me a damn thing. <laughs> Except that you want to play a generic universal role-playing system. Yes. Because that's what GURPS is. Um, you, you, you're better off having, in that case, you're better off having an elevator pitch. But you can be like, there's lots of different fantasy you can play. Like, I want to play D&D, but I want to play, you know, like Lord of the Rings, or I want to play, like, uh, you know, Forgotten Realms. You know, Forgotten Realms, like, oh, you're tripping over artifacts and archmages everywhere you go. And oh, yeah. Lord of, the, Lord of the Rings, you're like, you haven't, you've had an artifact for three years, you didn't even know it. And see, whenever I'm pitching a new game to somebody, I'm like, hey, I really want to play <laughs> sci-fi, and I found this system for sci-fi that I really like. Um, I like the fantasy flights, you know, forts and destiny rules. And I'm like, those rules are so good. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of how I do it. And especially if I find a new system and I'm like, Hey guys, I found this new system. Let's do a one-off. See if we like the system. And if it is, we'll just continue going from there. Let's do, you know, a module. If anybody remembers that. 
And um, that's how I usually go about with it with my friends. And I'm just like, and needless to say, most of my friends are online now, but I play it. Because um, whenever I uh, wanted to run a game, I went online and did a poll and said, hey, I want to run these two games. Who wants to join me in it? And it'll be online during the, uh, you know, Skype that we do on Wednesdays and blah, 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 blah. We stream it. And they were, I had actually quite a few people that were very interested in it. And then it was, came up to the point of getting a schedule. And then that's where it kind of changed a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's when it always does. I yeah. mean, that's even more so with an in-person game, which I play. I mean, like, yeah. are you available on Saturdays? No? Well, I'm sorry. That's what we play. Yeah. Every other Saturday. Yeah. So. We are, almost everybody always shows up on any given Monday. Uh, the one guy was excused for a month and a half or so when his house caught fire. That's because, exactly. Exactly. And uh, when the other guy had open heart surgery, good excuse. Yeah. That's yeah. a really good excuse. Yeah. Can't, uh, can't drive, you know? So, yeah. and, and when, he, when he felt strong enough, he had somebody else drive him there. That's I, the committed group it's good to note that some people don't necessarily get this anymore but being in a role-playing game is a little bit of a commitment he's not even as a player oh yeah more Absolutely. so as a GM as a player because i mean to a point other people are relying on you to show up to play mm-hmm. now if you have a large enough group uh, like i've run when i was running stuff at the store and all um we would occasionally have groups of, like nine people show up and i'm like yeah so if half of you don't show up i think we can still run <laughs> but it's difficult. You gotta. That's another thing we have to tell your game. That's another another thing you've taken to take into account when you're making your elevator pitch. Um, maybe you want to make it purely one session is one episode, which is hard to do. But if you log a session, you make it right. You can do that, and then you run it like GI Joe or Mask or something, where it's like, oh, we've got the crew for this mission because they're uniquely qualified. Either the ones that showed up, and they get to run it, and then boom. But you have to be ready for that that's another thing you have to take into account when you're when you're making your elevator pitch which when, you, when you're deciding what you're gonna play um we i actually ran and actually i was in a very important campaign where if anybody remembers um uh water uh and the ruins of undermountain i know old school going here uh the ruins of undermountain is a huge huge dungeon and what it was is our gm was like all right here's the campaign i want to do um you're allowed to have five characters okay and you play in a character tree. You have your main character, and then you have four supporting ones. And when your main one levels up, one of your other ones level up. But they all have to stay consistent. You can't just pour it all into one prime, d- different character. Sort of like the original Dark Sun rules. Correct. And so what it was is we were hired to map Undermountain. Um, and provide the map to someone else, and we got paid for it. Um, we got paid every 10 feet or so, and you know we got to keep a certain amount of stuff, and we got hired. And so that way we could always go, all right, Joe didn't show up today, so we can still play. Or, you know, if three people didn't go, we can still play and we can go down and do this and still play the game. Uh, Of course, it all branched out and, of course, it got really crazy and really, you know, fun and awesome. But that's something you want to tell people, uh, just different ways to play the game besides just Mm -hmm. everybody makes one character, Um, which I've done. I've done zero level campaigns where you just name your guy. You don't even roll stats. You tell me what you're looking to do, and then you role play making your character. Um, we had a guy that was a pugilist. He wanted to play a monk type, uh, but there was no monks in the area, so he played a pugilist. And his 
he, he kind of wondered why people had small bucklers on their hands to block stuff. So he started to use bucklers to punch people. Um, and so he became a pugilist with bucklers on his fist. Okay. Um, and, and then we were like, that's perfectly great. Um, people started, you know, well, I don't know common. I know uh, Elvin and that's it. And so we had to role play learning each other's language and stuff like that, which was, it was a really great campaign. Um, but I mean, you got to talk with your players, find out what mm-hmm. they want. How, what do they want to yeah. do? Do they want to play in a even, superhero game? Even if it's as basic as, do you guys want a lot of role-playing, like what you were just describing, Gonzo? Mm-hmm. Or do you just want to freaking kill things so that you can get experience, so that you can level up? Uh, I'm not going to lie. We didn't roll dice, I think, much at all. We rolled like a handful of dice last night for our entire you know, session of yeah. Sewer Bear. But I mean, that, that's something you want, you, you want to know. Are you... And the thing is, is if are you going to have a bunch of people that are all going to Monty Hall it, or are you going to have people that want to role play? Um, are people going to want a good story? Yeah, that's a good expectation. Also, you like, you know, with Champions games, my players should know. I after an early point, I don't really give a shit about your character points or any of that. You should be like, I'm working on this. Okay, fine. You get better at that, or you need to spend more time before you get better at that, or I'm working on this contact, all right, well, work on that contact <coughs> and we're playing, you'll get that contact. Yeah. The, the, the characters, they can be interchangeable. They don't have to be... Some games are mechanically so tied to the characters, you have to be super strict on that, but you, you can actually get around it in most of the games. But that's something you should be noting uh, beforehand. Like, mm-hmm. Norrin didn't realize that, and he keeps throwing me stuff like, I want to, you know, tweak this point to that point. So I'm like, no, I don't, I don't fucking care. Yeah, um, your character will have what he should have. It's just that's good. <laughs> well, I was like, we're the Force and Destiny that I do on Wednesday. Uh, Tim Banky is wanting to uh, build his own lightsaber. I'm like, okay, well, this is a time when you just can't go buy a buy, buy all your stuff. But I'm like, we'll just see how it goes, and eventually you'll start getting your stuff. I'm not going to yeah. hand it to you. Um, there's just certain things that you know. You can't just give away, but you don't want to go, I'm going to make you count for every single arrow you have. Yeah. Is he going to have catastrophic accidents while he uh, figures out how to put his lightsaber together? There is there is roles, and we've <laughs> talked about that, about him um, making the engineering roles. Luckily, his character is a pretty big computer engineer user. Um, and is, Which, if you haven't seen, guys, uh, Jackie's been drawing a lot of cool pictures for our uh, thing so uh, I've been reposting them up on our uh, Facebook page. Uh, Jackie's an amazing artist. I didn't know what she was, but she's got a really cool character too. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, all, it's, it's all expectations, making sure everyone knows. Uh, you know, after you get the elevator pitch, what kind of game you're going to play. That way, everyone comes in with the right idea. Yes. Um, let's see. Uh, Comics Funny Place says, "I hope the new Cyberpunk 2077 uh, will get my group interested in playing Cyberpunk 2020." That would be cool. Actually, it'd be a great time to re-release a new version of that of the Cyberpunk uh, role-playing game. Yes, I I'm not even sure who owns this, who owns the license anymore. Is it still Artalosaurian? Who knows? No. I'm sure it's something I could research. I'm not going to right now. But I mean, Cyberpunk has a, a place in my heart. I'm actually more of a Shadowrun guy myself. Yeah. And they actually mentioned that later how uh, they like that Shadowrun to a point actually is better at getting people in and out of the game. Because you're all mercenaries hired to do something, and your guy might not be available. Yep. Uh, and that's a good game, but you in that kind of game, you have to be extra special to know, like, all right, this is going to take 
approximately three sessions or so to get this run done, I need to be available for those three sessions uh, so that uh, you know it doesn't screw too many things up. Um, and as a GM, maybe you got to be good ways of getting people in and out of the game. Uh, let's see. I want to get some more of these before they fall too far behind on the uh, the chat. Um, someone mentioned about episodic games. Um, just having an episode game doesn't necessarily make it easier to start and stop because you lose the feel of the game sometimes. Um, so you have to be careful with that. Um, but again, it's another one you throw out there at the beginning. If you're like, we're going to be episodic, we're going to do you know, a couple sessions of this game, then we'll jump to another game. If you've got a group that can do that, by all means. But it'll still be fun, but you'll lose a little bit of the immersion from the game. Uh, so honestly, as adults, the way we play, not necessarily every week for everyone, also makes you lose some of the immersion of the game. So there's that. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Xander Roller, sometimes just picking the setting will pick the system. Correct. There are some settings that are out there that are pretty common. Like if you're going to go for, you know, if you're going to go for a cyberpunk type feel, you're going to drift you're towards... You're limited to a handful of games. Yeah. You're, you're stuck with uh, Shadowrun, Cyberpunk, GURPS, or something else that has a uh, more generic portion. But that's something to look for in a game. I mean, uh, I don't necessarily look at role-playing games as much as I used to. I mean, it used to be a big buy a bundle role-playing game, read it, and see if I want to play it or not. Um, but look for stuff that's a little little uh, universal that you can uh, use for multiple things. It's very helpful. Um, I buy role-playing games all the time because anytime I go to a tournament and I win, like, store credit for winning something, first thing I do is go to the role-play section and buy a role-playing game, whether I want it or not, uh, which I picked up the new Dresden Files Accelerated. Uh, which I will be doing a review on because it's based off the Fate system. I had some fun. We played last summer. We tried playing Dresden Files. Now, that's one where, with that particular group, it's a bunch of adults who just couldn't get together at the same time. This guy was trying to run the same uh, the same game for two different groups of people, and our group was just not serious enough about it. Like, we couldn't commit to uh it was only going to be once a month you know mm -hmm. and yet somehow we now i can make a monday night D, &D every time you know unless i'm not in the state but this was a once a month thing and and that other particular group of people no one could seem to you know pick a day where everybody could agree on it yeah mm -hmm. uh but we did play several uh games of it uh it was difficult for me because I'm not so hot at the uh, the improv stuff, and you're just like ad libbing your uh, your skills basically. Yes. In in the fate system. So that was that was a big challenge for me because personally, Kathy doesn't have the skill of you know just extemporaneous you know off the top of my head. I'm going to bluff my way through this, blah, blah, blah. You know, no. Which, it, talking about that and going through it, there are some game systems that really you need to look at your group before you even think about it. Uh, mm -hmm. The Fate system is one of those systems, and uh, Carl Morgan and I were talking about this. We discussed that the Fate system is the GM system, and it's the Game Master system. You really want people that can improv and, you know, be creative with everything they do because that's what the system is based off of. I, like this I do bit. 
I do feel like I might have had a better idea about my character and the setting if I had known ahead of time that it was going to be St. Louis and not Chicago. <laughs> because we're all from Chicago. Uh-huh. And so we're like, well, we're... So Jim and I are talking about different landmarks and, and thinking about how we could incorporate them into a Dresden-like universe that's not... I mean, that doesn't have really much to do with the books because that takes ostensibly takes place in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So our GM decided to set it in St. Louis where we have no idea where anything is, what anything is. No clue. And then when we didn't follow the book on how to set up your uh, some locations that are connected to the characters or how each character is related uh, through their background, through their backstory... We didn't set it up that way, and that was disappointing to me because I was reading through the rule book going, wow, this sounds like it'll be really fun, and this will be like role-playing before we even start, you know, the story, right? Yes. Yeah. But for whatever reason, with, with that particular group of people, they didn't want to do it that way. Uh. So I felt like it... It just started off on a wrong foot for me. I feel like with the right group, I probably could do it. Yeah, hey, absolutely. The The thing is, is, you really need to talk to the group because if the group doesn't know what you're doing or the group doesn't follow what you're doing, because, for example, <clears throat> in my campaigns, I always go, there's going to be an end, guys. I have a story I want to tell. I'm going to tell the story, and this is where I want to go. There will be an end. Your characters aren't going to walk around, you know, forever being the badasses and all that stuff. This is not what this game is about. There is an end game to it. Because I like to have end game concepts. I don't want, okay, we're raiding the 99th level of hell and all I got to do is snap my fingers and I kill everybody within, you know, 100 yard radius. Um, (laughs) So, you know, I, I tell all my players. I even tell them that. You know, whenever the GM, whenever y'all are doing something, y'all may be doing something and having fun, but the bad guys don't stop what they're doing. They're going to continue to do what they're doing. So if you decide to, once you figure out who the main antagonists are and stuff, and you decide you don't want to go against them and go run off to go find a relic, they're not going to stop their evil deeds. There are this consequences. Sounds, this sounds so much like my, uh, my Monday night group. I mean, I'm an... I play every week, so everything reminds me of that, apparently. <laughs> um, it's it's very much a, a serial. There is a campaign, a larger campaign. Our entire world is being invaded by Ming the Merciless. Yeah. And so we've been to Mongo. We've somehow found our way back. There are rocket ships in our D&D game. Oh, yeah. Why not? I, Right, exactly. Uh, the the world itself is not the, your traditional D and D world. It is one that our GM has been developing over the course of the entire amount of time he's been playing D and D, which is a long time. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, so Ming invading world. We are at a bazaar on another plane, shopping for flying carpets, and you know, looking for a magic book because. You know, meanwhile, we're supposed to be over here at this dwarven stronghold trying to infiltrate Ming's, uh, you know, his foothold on our planet where his, 
you know, whereas he's developing this big weapon in a mountain. It's very James Bond. And I'm like, maybe we should go back to this stronghold and try and, you Do know, yeah. save our well, world. Well, as a GM, that's something you got to look at is, you know, if the players are off on some other non sequitur, you want to have consequences, but you don't want to make them too harsh. You want to sort of prod them like, well, this happened because you guys were off doing other things. Yeah. But you also give them like, all right, guys, you know that this is going to happen on this planet or in this area. What are you going to do? Well, yeah. we can't do that planet. We got to go get this artifact to help us. And, well, that planet got destroyed. Mm, well, you know, that's kind of, you know, what you have to go with. Yeah, that's what happens. I mean, if they, if they need the artifact, they think they need it. They, they know what they, they need, so... Um, so yeah, there's a lot of things you could do there. Um, wow, what else could we talk about? Um, so building characters is an important thing. Um, there's so many games nowadays where you can just build your character. There's, there, you know, points by or whatever. You can come in with a character ready to go. But I feel like that takes something away from the, uh, the character generation. And as a game master, yeah, as a game master, I usually have my characters. My, my players may have character ideas, may have even full characters built, but they're gonna have to talk about all that, uh, in the uh, in the game of how they're doing it, I have to say some of the most fun characters they've had is when you completely randomly roll everything up. Like there's a table for what race you are, or a table for what class you are, what's your career, you know, what uh, like a whole list of different things, and you're like, and I'm like, well, I'll just roll off on these tables. I don't care. I don't have any preconceived idea right now of what I want to do. So, oh, it's a dog. <laughs> the doggy come in. But, yeah, going with that, you really want to make sure that your players are willing to do that because I tend to notice that good role players, people that want to role play, don't mind doing that. Uh, but you don't want to force anybody into it because you could just turn someone off of the game completely. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you offering a choice do you want to roll everything up randomly or do you have an idea already i mean why yeah. not both correct I'm using my airbrush right now to dry off my model <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but uh, we do it all the time and we we actually uh people explain what their characters are and they get uh they sort of uh form bonds and you know okay i get along with this character because of this i don't get along with that character because of this and so everyone starts off with a little bit of connection to people. And you sort of choose who it is. Uh, when we did Sewer Bear, most people were like, oh, I feel connection with Mama Brown because, you know, she's an upstanding citizen in the area and, you know, helping people. So I get along with her. We've worked together a lot. You know, stuff like that. It actually helps a lot. I stole it from a website. I don't know which one. It was years ago. I've done it for every campaign in the past, well, let's say decade and a half. And it really helps, but little things like that, uh, you know, help get your characters in. It, it builds uh, connectiveness with them. That and also uh, put a little work into the world. That's an important yes. thing. No matter if you're what not doing a pre-made. Yeah, if you're using a pre-made world, read some of the bits, incorporate some of the bits. The old Shadowrun was great with that. You just have the Seattle Source book out, and you'd be like, I'm just going to choose names from there with descriptions, know what they are. So that they're like, oh, we're in this bar called the Hole in the Wall. That's like this, this, and this, and use the same NPCs over and over again because it actually really helps make the world feel lived in. Correct. People actually get in there. Yeah. Like you know, so, I, I use a lot of NPCs and I actually kill NPCs, you know, because 
through no fault of the player sometimes just to further stuff, and they feel it because, like, oh, this NPC's been helping us, just got cacked because of us. Correct. Don't be afraid I... of characters dying. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved when my brother was running Shadowrun. He, after every session, he would come out with a like a newspaper issue, and it would have uh, headline articles, and sometimes the headline articles had to do with whatever run we were just on, and if we failed catastrophically, you know, it would be like, and these are the people that we caught on video. You know, mm-hmm. and now they're wanted. Or if, if if we succeeded spectacularly, then you know, such and such a you know company was infiltrated. Things were stolen. Nobody knows what happened. But he also had like classifieds, you mm-hmm. know, where you might be able to find equipment if you take the time to read it. You might be able to hire people. Uh, there was like just this whole little world there were ads for you know restaurants and stuff oh yeah that, that was a very shattering thing because that was at the dawn of the internet uh back in the store bbs age when you just post little things out there that's uh that's very uh very cool stuff uh, i i found shadow was one of the first games to come out and have enough style and built up quasi real world to get the best feel for it I mean, later I played Greyhawk with just old material. I'm like, okay, this one's also got enough. But it was the first one I encountered like that. And uh, <laughs> Brad's mentioning some of our stories uh, from Shadowrun. We played a lot of Shadowrun back in the day. Um, like silenced explosive ammo. <laughs> they're, they're hunting. They get attacked by Bandersnatch. They're in Elven Lands. And they're like, uh, like, what are you doing? You're shooting. The guy's like, oh, no, I got silenced. Oh, okay. That's cool. Silenced ammo. Good thought, man. I, I like Troll ninja. Well, we have pet troll ninjas. We had a troll with a bow and arrow and, and like, all the the muscle augmentation. He's like, oh, my, my range is, like, this much. I'm like, you realize that's not sound anymore because you break the sound barrier with it. <laughs> he literally... Oh, you know, my God, I loved that game so much. Yeah, it, I do enjoy Shadowrun. I, to be a little critical for a second, I feel like mechanically they've lost their way, but the core is still there. I do like how they took the Brave mold and instead of sticking with their old, outdated cyber decks and stuff, they've totally upgraded yeah. the entire way well, they're... I mean, uh... you have to. At that point, those are antiques nowadays. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, like a cyber deck that's like this big that you need to run the... <laughs> like, come yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Go to my phone for fuck's sake. <laughs> right. Here's but, my, my Apple Watch, you know? But not all games are, are willing to come out of the past like that, so we're stuck in the past. Correct. Shots fired, D&D. Shots fired. <laughs> but in any case, um, but yeah, so let's see. What else we talk about? Uh, oh, then it says a troll was was hiding for Rent-A-Cop by pretending <laughs> to be a tree, and it worked. Uh, we had a similar oh. one where one troll said, I'm going to pretend to be a dumpster. The other troll wasn't paying attention. He just heard dumpsters like, I hide in the dumpster. <laughs> so, uh... It, there's a lot of games out there with a lot of good stories. I think Shadowrun had some of our best. So we've got some good champions ones too. But uh... I would play. I would if you ran Shadowrun, I'd play it in a dead second. Um, uh, that was the. <laughs> so in the past, let's say, twenty years, ish, I've played. I don't know. Let's say fifteen years. I played about two role playing games. They were Shadowrun and uh, the Malifaux game through the breach. <laughs> 
Yeah, I can I can go. I've played so many different games, read well, so many I, different games. I'm the local GM, Gonzo. So I run am the I. Games. I, I, but I consider that playing them. Um, I run so many RPGs. I own probably a couple of hundred RPGs to begin with. Oh, I used to be like that. I, I actually used to be the point where I'd buy every superhero RPG when it came out just to see if it was good or not. And then I realized <laughs> that they just weren't good at that point. This is 90s, so there were not a lot of good things coming out then for superhero RPGs, so... But yeah, sometimes uh, we talked about it earlier. Sometimes the the game will uh, the game that we buy will, will push us towards wanting to play something. Um, used to be like that for role playing games. Sometimes you buy a role playing game, you just want to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, but those you got to be careful because you, you it's gonna be a test when you have to be prepared for that to crash and burn. Yes. Um, even I've had games crash and burns, and I'm a pretty prolific game master. Uh, sometimes it happens. Sometimes you just gotta you know pull the plug and and move on. Uh, look at the warning sides, all the players not really being interested. Um, them talking about other stuff at the table a lot, missing a lot of games. When you start getting there, just stop and do something else. You know? It's like we say with, with miniature games. It's not like you're going to find the one game to rule them all. Like, even all the generic games, the, you know, the hero system that Champions built off, the GURPS, all those, even those game systems have holes where they can do them, but someone else does it better. And you should always be on the lookout for doing it better. Because your goal for the rule set is the rules are supposed to meld with the game and not get in the way of the game. So when you start having it, that's what the the, the Force and Destiny, the, the uh, Star Wars rules that FFG made, they pretty well work with the game better than most of the others. Yes. It's a very the is, system. Probably this is the only system they have it for is Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I would pay good money for a superhero game based off that. I think that'd be perfect. It would be awesome. But anyways, um, God, what else can we talk about? We got another fifteen minutes or so. Um, well, let's also remind everybody that there is a giveaway going on right now. If you would like to be in it, there you do hashtag or uh, exclamation point raffle, and then how many? The number tickets? of tickets. Remember, tickets cost fifty. To spend your points. So I see a lot of people have been playing Heist and other thing else. And you can still add more tickets to it. So Oh, and, and uh, Gonzo had some question about our hit points. Um, yeah, what it is is our hit points are up there. Anytime we get a follow, a sub, which if you have an Amazon Prime account, you can subscribe to us for free and you can do it every month. Um, and that lowers it. And whoever um, lowers it um, gets their name up there and then we get to take them down. Uh, it's just another little boss battle game um, that we can get, you know, just something fun. Um, we find that people aren't doing it and not want to do it. We'll get rid of it. But other than that, we'll just do that. Um, let's talk about our favorite games. Um, there, everybody's always got this one favorite RPG that they always, that they'll play in a heartbeat. And Kathy said that, that Shadowrun is her, I will do in a dead second. So let's just start. Will any of the three of us not do Shadowrun in a dead second? Me. Really? And it's the system. I love the world. I would do Shadowrun if it was in the... um, Second or third edition? No. uh, None of the Shadowrun editions. Uh, What? What? Yeah. I like it better in... um, What's the the Savage World setting? Uh, There's another... I was going to say that would probably work well in a fate system, too. Yeah. Uh, I like it better... Now, I I love the world. (laughs) 
dun, dun, dun. Oh, thanks, thanks, Jumpy, Jumpy Ender. Ender. Thanks for the follow. Um, <laughs> okay, so that's fair. So, uh, so if Kathy and I would jump in, uh, shatter one in a, in, a, in a dead second. Uh, why, why don't you throw one at us, Gonzo? Earthon, Earthon in a heartbeat. Okay. I, I played that back in early '90s. Yes. Uh, obviously, it's not the same uh, edition, but oh, I loved it. I had a lizard person. It was awesome. Yeah, I played Earthon once a little. I played a campaign of Earthon. It was okay. Um, I prefer Shadowrun, but that's sort of more of. So you mean Earthon in the future? Well, Earthon. I played Earthon for a bit, but that's, yeah, Earthon in the future. Yeah, <laughs> Shadowrun's um, Earthon in the future. Play, the, the real reason. What is it? Uh, Stormbringer? No, we owned the book, but we just played D and D instead. Oh, that's fun. Now, Stormbringer was kind of like that. Reminded me of Earthon too, just with all the different races and everything. Yeah, Earthon always, or, or Stormbringer sort of reminded me of some of the, one of those It's a Trap games. And by what I mean by that is um, there are certain games you want to play, or, or campaigns, it's more of campaigns, where there's so much written for it, there's books and everything, it is difficult to play them and feel like you're impacting the world. My two biggest trap games, Gonzo will laugh at one because it's Star Wars, but mm. it's like Rebellion era Star Wars. There are some stories to be told, but you can't do too much because mm-hmm. what happens up to a certain point between between Death Stars, that's all written. <laughs> you yeah, go post yeah. Death Star, sure, there's plenty to do there. But the other big trap one is Dragonlance. It is <sighs> the biggest trap. And it's such a great world. I love Dragonlance world. It's, it's low magic, but it, it does it well. It, it feels like in a game it'd be balanced as hell. It is. But... In D&D, it's not, because D&D's balanced around other things, and it's impossible to do anything of consequence in that world, because the heroes of the lands take care of most of it, and if it was something like, oh, how did this happen? Well, they wrote a book on it, because they wrote books. I still, uh, I still miss playing Warhammer fantasy role-playing. Thanks, Griffin Roos. That was back in the, uh, the early 90s, way back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. they made a newer version when they were with FFG, and then, of course, not yeah. anymore. Well, because... now there's there's PDFs of the old stuff out there on the interwebs for free. But I I enjoyed that game because there were so many different careers that you could choose from. It wasn't you weren't just a fighter or a thief or a you know I was gonna say cavalier. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, Xander, if you would like a copy of Earthon, I do have a free copy available to give uh, to somebody of the newest edition. Oh, wow. That's wow. Um, so a game that I would, aside from that, I would absolutely play in a heartbeat would be, I'll, I'll say Champions, but I really mean just about any solid superhero game. It has been a long, long time since I got to play a superhero game and run them for a while. I would love to. I but, haven't uh, played, uh, anything superhero since maybe 1990. I... We played champions. We played villains and vigilantes. <laughs> well, back in 1990, neither one of those systems were exceptionally good, but they were 1990, probably the only, well, no, Marvel superheroes are still around back then. The old, uh, oh, yeah. Marvel game that I played for, uh, the Avengers of Space Bear one off. Those were still around back then, but. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't a lot of games. Actually, I own Marvel Superheroes, 
uh, Heroes and Heroines, which was another game they put out, was absolute shite. Uh, I own a million Champions books. I own DC Heroes, three different versions of that, three different versions of that, something like that. Um, but I keep going back to Champions because it does everything. I mean, technically, back in the heyday of my doing Champions, there was a, a when Space Hero came out, one of the guys on the uh, Hero Games boards like, I'm doing a Space Hero or a Star Hero fandom page, and I just want Star Hero stuff. And he's like, seen some of the stuff I post on the website. He's like, hey, can I can I yoink all your Robotech stuff to put it on there? I'm like, sure. I just found Robotech stuff and made it all work in Champions. Uh, the system does that. I see Bane that's asking Mistborn. Yes, they do do. They did do a Mistborn RPG. I own a copy of it. It's not bad, but it also leads to the trap that John's talking about. Everybody wants to play. You know, everybody wants to be that character. Yeah. So, what about the games that? are just homebrew just your just a game that you invented because i've had several people that i know just like invent a game because they wanted something that wasn't going to be a trap they wanted something where other people haven't already read the module well you're talking about worlds not games obviously worlds well, not systems right yeah. right like like my D that i play is is this guy's world it's it's not a dragon land it's not forgotten realms you know it's not Greyhawk. It's his own world that Ming is invading. <laughs> I have um, pages upon pages of uh, stuff from uh, a world I made up uh, based off, like, there was back in 3.5, you know, Wizards of the Coast had put out all these free adventures on their webpage and all that. I downloaded one of them, read a little bit of it, and something in it, like, clicked, and I'm like, I'm basing it off of this thing. So I have a whole world where the whole premise is very recently, up until recently, there were such terrible storms that would show up without warning that you really couldn't travel too far. And you can't get more than a day away. You get out in the wilderness, stuck in a storm, you're dead. Yeah. And they finally cleared up, and I've run people through a couple of those. Um, I've got a whole backstory of why it happened and everything. Um, to, but, you know. Those are, those are interesting. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's that whole world thing. You want... You want you have to get to a certain amount of stuff built so it feels like a real world. It's it's tough though because there's no there's no guidelines. There's no like you have to get to X amount of content. No, no, you it, it's a feel. When you feel like you got the right amount, you should run it. You know, add things. Um, if you're young and you're still doing multiple role playing games in a week, I remember those <laughs> days. If you're running yeah. the same system. Have them take place separately, but have them hear about each other. That will go a long way. Like uh, when we were doing multiple Shadowrun games a week, players would hear about things from other groups. So it felt like felt like a world. It felt yeah. like they're they're all living in the same world. Yeah. Oh. Uh, when I was in high school, I had a couple friends who invented their own RPG, and it was it was Earth but there was alien invasion. And so you could be just human. Uh, and there were just, there were different races. I had a dwarf. It was, he was an old crotchety guy who liked to knit and his, he had a special, but everybody has a special ability. So my special ability was on a, on a certain roll of the dice. If I kick something and swear, it will start working. <laughs> oh, so it's the, the Warhammer 40 K. You have to uh, use the Holy litany. Goddamn piece of shit. Exactly. But, you know, it, it was just stuff yeah. like that, you know, where it, you just invented the whole 
I mean, everything. Well, you also don't be afraid to take a game and add stuff to it. I had a, a D&D game in 4th edition where I said, okay, you're all basically the children of God, so choose what your godlike power is. And oh. I went around the table, like, so I went around, so go this way, choose your power, then we're going to go this way, and you'll choose what your class is. And, you know, we, we believe a lot in uh, something we'll talk about called shtick preservation. That could probably be an entire subtopic for a thing, but let's just say that it's where you basically, if Kathy's playing the healer, no one else steps on her toes. You can do healing, but that's not going to be your thang, because that's Kathy's thang. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't take her shtick. But uh, so they went around, and the guy who chose super strength did it so early that he didn't get to be the barbarian, because the guy over here <laughs> took the barbarian with his lightning powers, and he got back to him, and he was something else. Huh. It was very cool, but don't, don't hesitate to do stuff like that. I've run games where uh, people started with uh, you know blank character sheets and no idea what they were doing. You know, no idea what their character was at all, and would fill in stuff as it happened. See, that sounds like fun to me. But also, you... if there's a world or a system or anything that you're looking for, ask around because there is probably someone that's made it up, and you can see also, if it actually works for you. Or ask if... random people for help. Like, yes. If you're like, oh, hey, John, I hear you like champions. I want to make something of X and champions. I will help you. I mean, shit. We're all in this together. Oh, yeah. It... And if there's a certain world, a certain system that you're playing, but you would really love to have this monster from, you know, some yeah. other system, like werewolves. You want werewolves in Star Wars. You know what? You're the DM. They're fucking werewolves Make in Star Wars. Some. Yeah. Or uh, I ran an entire D&D game in that same world where there, there's no dragons. There's a reason there's no dragons. There's no dragons. Though, to be fair, in this fourth edition, they fought tons and tons of dragons. I just filed the serial numbers off. Like, oh, it doesn't have wings or anything. It doesn't look like a dragon. If it doesn't look like a dragon, it doesn't behave like a dragon. No one's going to think it's a dragon, even if the rules used for a fucking dragon. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Just just file the serial numbers off. All those... Favorite RPG monster of all time, Crimson1919, is asking. Um, frog Hemoth, he says. <laughs> oh, frog Hemoth, wow. Um, God, I don't know. I don't really like any of the monsters. They were all just uh, baddies. Werewolves! Uh, the Yankees. I was just uh, thinking that. Oh my god, that's like... Yankees. I fucking hate uh, the Yankees. Oh, the cover of the Folio. Woo, thanks for the bits, Vengeance. I appreciate it. I absolutely get thanks the Yankees for the in the top of my head. The thing with the crazy, like, I just remember these, like, elbow testicle things. That they, <laughs> I had no idea what was going on with the artwork for the Githy Yankee. But I'm like, what's he got all these testicles hanging off him everywhere? You know, and I yeah. was like 11 at that time, and that's what I was thinking. So, God knows. Yeah, it was, Get the Yankee came out when I was in, uh, we got the Fiend Folio, and everyone was like, oh, I want to be the Get the Yankee. And I'm like, uh, it became such. Yeah. It was like 10 years late, five, 10 years later, when everyone wanted to be a fucking drow. Of course. And you roll your eye again. Like, I'm a drow, but I'm too good for my people. Like, yes, of course you are. Um, before we get too far, because the media section is coming up, let's go ahead and give, uh, let's go ahead and make sure everybody do the giveaway. If you'd like to be part of the giveaway, um, it is almost up. We only have a few more minutes. Um, make sure that you type exclamation point raffle space and then how many tickets you're willing to buy. It is 50, uh, dice for a ticket. Um, 
exclamation point dice to see how many dice that you have. Correct. So let's make sure we do that uh, before we get a little too far, and especially anybody new. What came out. Um, so, Vengeance, since you came in, if you would like to get part of that raffle, I am giving away a miniature I painted myself. Uh, it's my birthday. Uh, the Colby Special Edition from PP. Um, oh, uh, Vengeance doesn't have enough dice sets. <laughs> it should have been Vengeance, where you been? Yeah, because it comes with the bird, but oh well. You can do heist when you see the guys do the heist, jump in the heist. They say you get more dice heads also. Yeah, you can also wager your dice around and see how much you can get. Um, so, like I said, especially if you want to choose any role-playing game, uh, if you're looking for something particular, and Bane, I will get you a, a uh, urban fantasy uh, system just like Dresden. Uh, give me a minute and uh, after the show I will send you a file because I have plenty of that stuff I own like I said over 200 types of RPGs and especially a bunch in PDF so oh yeah that's another good thing the last minute thing is check out uh, drive through RPG they get a lot of deals on PDFs where they're only a couple bucks see yeah. if they have it there subscribe subscribe to their thing they'll show you what deal they have for the day Sure, you may just delete it, but it also may be something you want. Correct. Hi, poppers. It's a dog. It <laughs> is. It's um, more like a small horse. So with that, uh, it is uh, 8 o'clock. Let's go ahead and we will close the giveaway <laughs> since it's done. And Xander, you can go ahead with his question. that. Uh... Your favorite race you have ever been is Xander's question. What is your favorite race that you've ever been? Uh, an ogre. I was an ogre barbarian called Bob the Bodacious Ogre Barbarian. I had an intelligence of four, and I role-played the crap out of it. Um, an elf. I had an elf ranger that I still know everything about that guy from here on out. Uh, I played that elf ranger for many, many, many years. Um, so, yeah, an elf. Kathy. I, I only played so, Bob for a couple of questions. Before Vampire was a thing... Uh, when my what? brother was when my brother was running Warhammer Fantasy Battle, he let me be a vampire, but you know everybody just thought I was a human, and I let everybody think I was a human, and so they felt tired once in a while. <laughs> and occasionally I could, you know, suddenly succeed at something once in a while. Vengeance, we appreciate it. Probable. Uh, thank you for the subscription, Vengeance. Also, guys, if you did give us your free um, Amazon Prime account, uh, you will have to re-up it every month unless you do more than one month at a time. And you will get special emotes uh, from us uh, for being subscribers. Yeah, um, and Amazon Prime doesn't let you do more than one month at a time. Correct. And actually, uh, you have to redo it, which we yeah, appreciate. You have to re-prime every month, yeah. So we'll, we'll remind you guys towards the beginning of the month at all. It's all good. So, uh, other than that, um, let's go ahead and go ahead and close this giveaway and see who's going to win it. It's um, the media section. Because it's the media section. All right, guys. It is closed. No more entries. Hey, uh, Kathy, did you uh, Ooh, watch those videos better. I uh, I, sh I shared? The comic ones? The, the comic movie ones, yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, guys. Here we go. The winner of the mini painted by Gonzo is Crimson nineteen nineteen. 
Congrats, Crimson. Crimson, make sure you send me your address, and I will resend that out to you. Um, and get that to you as soon as possible. <laughs> well, yes, Andrew, you and Crimson19 are here all the time. You guys see, uh, you get a lot of the dice heads. You can put a lot of, a lot in there. The more you watch, and the better it is, guys. We appreciate you being here. 100%, guys. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot more stuff. Like I says, uh, everything that y'all give us, either it's from here or from our Patreon, goes back to helping the stream, helping us be a better podcast, let us go do things, let us buy things. Uh, we are now looking for new cameras. Um, yes, uh, <laughs> for the Kathy. palette cam for my for my stream, so that when I'm when I'm talking about my paint colors that I'm mixing up on the palette, people can actually see what I'm talking about. And actually, Gonzo mentioned uh, potentially me doing some streams of Hobby Streak uh, when I get to my new place. That'd be cool. Thank you, Crimson. I will get that to you as soon as I can. Uh, and you will get the special edition foil card that comes with it. Let's go ahead and switch over to the media section. It comes with a card? That's super rare. They don't come with cards anymore. No, and it's actually Does a hologram card. Dumb? Hashtag shot fired. It actually is a holocard. card. All right. Uh, switching over to the media section. And this is something else we're going to need to do is I need to switch up and make a different media screen. I don't like this one anymore. Uh, uh, we can change it up once in a while. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Well, I'm making uh, a new media one. Media section brought to us by Tectonic Craft Studios and Archidan. You know, if you want, I can I can throw a graphic. Just give me a, give me an idea of what kind of schematic you want. Go for it. Do whatever. You know. Heck, yeah, one of these movies has already had a sequel. Yep. The other one I want a sequel for, but we're not. I'm probably not going to get it. No, probably not a good one. Come on. How hard is it to make a... Oh, actually, it is really hard because Fury Road took forever to make. Yeah. Not really his fault. He went to the desert and it was all flowery. I hear that uh, kind of uh, puts a uh, hamper to your plan to make a nice desert post-apocalyptic uh, car movie when there's flowers everywhere. What? Yeah, I know, right? All right. So who's who's got our media section? I have... What, well, I think we should end about? with the one we all talked about, the, the two videos we all watched, because a okay. uh, good little topic at the end. Um, I only have one, like I said, because my other movie I watched for uh, minis and movies. All right. Um, I have one, two, three, and then the topic we're going to talk about at the end. I have TV show. Oh. Uh, I'll, go with mine. I'll go with one of mine first. And sure. it was actually very highly, highly anticipated and highly praised. And that was a new Blade Runner. Oh, okay. I haven't uh, seen that yet. I haven't seen it, so I, I just saw it. It is on HBO right now, so if you have some on HBO, you can get it on there. Um, I watched it, and while I did enjoy it, it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. Um, <laughs> and the reason why... opinion about the first Blade Runner. Uh, it was cool. There was a lot of you know cool updating. Uh, the characters were cool, but it was very slow-paced in my opinion. Um, I was just like waiting for stuff to happen. I'm like, okay, it happened. Another 20 some odd minutes. Okay, it happened. Um, it just took a little bit of time to go through. A uh, gorgeous movie, by the way. Uh, incredibly gorgeous movie. Um, I thought it was kind of weird because I was looking at the ratings for it. And of course, they now tell us what it's going to be, you know, violence brief nudity language etc etc and it said brief nudity but there was a shit ton of nudity in this for brief nudity were there briefs 
There were no briefs. There was a lot of boobs and ass. Thank you, Father's Day. All puns are funny. <laughs> um, but it was a lot of... It, it was a really cool technology. Very beautiful. Uh, well acted. Uh, it was it was good. But it just, to me, it was a little slow paced. Um, I would give it two space herpes. Uh, especially if you can't stand a slow paced movie. Um, I found myself pausing it and had to go do something and come back to it because I was busy. It didn't. It didn't keep me enthralled directly on it. Uh, yeah. yeah, you got. It's got to grab you sometimes. Um, but it was still a good movie. Um, wrapped up some of the stories of other things, but it was good. So, Kathy, what's your TV show? Santa Clarita Diet. Ah, uh, I haven't seen the new season yet. I, I was four episodes in. Jim and I sat and watched a few episodes the other night, and I had somehow forgotten how funny it was it it just <laughs> cracks me up it's every single time yes. and as soon as soon as you think they're gonna go one direction with this whole zombie thing no they're they're going this direction over here instead uh it it's unpredictable and and jim doesn't often like tv shows he he feels like he has better things to do at this time if we're on the couch together he's usually sleeping while i'm watching his show but this one he actually <laughs> stays awake for you know because you don't know what's going to happen next there's not that same old same old formula with it fair enough yeah i'm like i'm distracted by the chat okay. <laughs> i'm afraid like again. this entire this entire episode, I've been distracted by the. We're doing stuff now, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Gonzo, what was your second one? Uh, my second one is the space between us. Um, I watched the space between us, and if you don't know what it is, it's kind of a teen romance uh, about people going to Mars and a woman having a child on Mars, and that child is stuck on Mars. That forms a romantic relationship with a teenager on earth um and and I, it was what i fully expected um i did some little research behind it uh to see if these guys actually contacted you know other people about the science of what happened if you know a child was born on mars what their body would look like the composition you know that stuff because that's what because the, the the movie was based if you don't know the child is on mars comes to earth uh, and has a lot of health problems because he doesn't have the bone density, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Which is, is, which is a common, you know, which is a yeah. thing. That's science problems. Yeah, science problems. Um, it was okay. Um, kind of far-fetched. Uh, but it is in the future. So you can't, you know, you can't go, well, they were able to communicate from each other from Mars to Earth instantaneous. So, because right now it takes, you know... You know, a lot of time to do that communication, but it is in the future. So they're able to instantly communicate with each other. Okay, I got that. Um, what I didn't think was really good is they didn't build up the romantic relationship between the two characters. Um, they talk to each other, and when they do, they kind of talk like, Hey, you're kind of cool. Yeah, you're kind of cool too. I'm misunderstood at my school. Yeah, I'm misunderstood here. That's what we got in common. But it didn't feel like there was a romantic anything between the two. 
So the chemistry wasn't there. No, the chemistry was not there at all. And it was like really, really, really weird. Um, because if I'll tell you right now, if a guy would have did what he did, um, because they met on the internet and they were friends and they came up to each other and he did what he did to this girl, he probably would have been killed. <laughs> um, it was interesting to see the way he acted while he was on earth because he doesn't know typical customs and, you know, typical teenage stuff. Uh, overall, it was a good movie. It was, it was decent. Um, but it just was kind of far-fetched, in my opinion. So I'd give it, like, two space krakens. Or two uh, space harpies. Space You're crossing the streams. Yeah, I did. I crossed uh, the streams big time. Uh, two space harpies. Uh, I'd pass on it if teen romance movies aren't your thing. Uh, but it's yeah, all right. They're not. Yeah. Uh, mine is kind of the opposite of a teen romance movie. I saw The Bourne Ultimatum, which I have <gasps> not seen before. Huh. That's the third Bourne movie. I saw the first one. I love the first one. I saw the second one. It was okay. There's nothing wrong with it. It was good. But it did not inspire me to go see a third one. But I'm sitting there. I had some time. I'm like, oh, I'll watch a third Bourne movie. I'm sure that's not going to be wasting my time because I've watched too many shitty movies recently. <laughs> I was right. It is a good, solid movie. Um, I do question the, the logic of any fool continues to send people after Jason Bourne because... You're lucky he has some restraint or he'd kill all your people. All of them. <laughs> Why are you so stupid? I don't understand that. It's um, So maybe the big, big problems with the uh, uh, with the plot is that uh, the bad guys are basically just like, oh, Jason's born after us, we have to take him out. Um, and basically force him into what he has to do rather than trying to get intelligence. These, I mean, for an intelligence oper you know, operation, they feel like they would try and get some more information on what's going on before they go all in, kill, kill, kill. But uh, they go all in, kill, kill, kill. And I understand their butts are online because they're doing quasi-legal at best stuff, but it just didn't make a lot of sense. You know, killing a foreign uh, reporter on their native soil with an agent in plain view of everyone is really freaking retarded. I mean, there's got to be better ways to do that, and I'm sure they would have founded one. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. It was still a solid movie. That is minor. Uh, maybe it takes down to one space herpes. Enjoyable. Uh, a good ending to the, uh, to the trilogy, even though it doesn't really end the series because they have the Bourne identity and then Jason Bourne afterwards. Mm. So... Is what it is. Um, enjoyable. Watch it. It's free on Netflix, I believe. Might be Amazon Prime. I don't really remember. I think it was Netflix. Uh, so, Gonzo, you have one more, and then we've got some joint stuff. Yeah. Um, I watched uh, Atomic Blonde yesterday. Okay, cool. Um, if you don't know what Atomic Blonde is, it is sort of a born uh, type thing. Um, yeah. Spy. Uh, Hi, Miller. Yeah, it is a spy thriller um, with uh, Charlie Theron and Jason, or not Jason, um, what's the guy's name? Professor X. Yeah, Professor X. Um, I can't remember his name right now. Um, James McAvoy. James McAvoy, there we go. Uh, and you know what? 
I, I was expecting just a piss poor spy movie. Uh, if you don't know what it is, it's a base in the eighties, right before the Berlin wall went down. Um, and they kind of play off of that and kind of like him and haw around it. Um, there's definitely some really good fight scenes that remind me of Bourne stuff. Um, it's got a good spy thriller feel to it. Uh, John Goodman's in it. And I love John Goodman. He's one of my favorite actors. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really good in spy stuff, combat. Um, and since it's based in the eighties, there's not all this strange, weird technology going on. It's just good, uh, good fun. Um, Characters are understandable, likable, um, does kind of push some of the boundaries uh, on some things. Uh, But I'll tell you, all of the movie, while it was great, played second fiddle to the soundtrack. Because the soundtrack is nothing but 80s music. And it is great 80s music, too. Um, Some Wham!, uh, 99 red balloons, you name it. The soundtrack, if you're an eighties fan in music, go listen to the soundtrack. soundtrack. The soundtrack of the cold war. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, 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 really good. Um, it was, it was, it was very fun. I caught myself singing along with the soundtrack while I'm watching the movie. Um, has a good plot twist, uh, good things going on. So, uh, I highly recommend it. Um, one space herpes, if it's not your thing, but overall it's, for me, it was zero and the space and the soundtrack just set it across. I think I would like that one. I like spy thrillers anyways. So I actually made Jim watch a bunch of James Bond before we watched the Austin Powers movies so Mm -hmm. that he would get the jokes. (laughs) (laughs) That's important. (laughs) Um, Guys, the poll is about to end on our next state of the game. Make sure you vote on that before we go anywhere. Uh, We'll be ending that shortly. Um, So, I guess one space herpes for it, if it's not your thing, but overall it was really good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's so, go to our combined thing that we talked about yesterday. Yeah, and this is sort of a, a, a YouTube thing. Um, I spend way too much time on YouTube. <laughs> um, honestly, you count my YouTube time. I probably watch a million movies a, uh, a week, but uh, only in clips here or there. Uh, I found a thing randomly sent to my uh, channel from uh, a channel called High Top Films. And the first one I saw was called Civil War versus Justice League, Dawn of Character Development. And I'm like, I know what this is going to be. They're just going to rip Justice League to shreds, blah, blah, blah. But it, it seemed, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Let's see. Because I'll click on the things and be like, this isn't my thing. Get out of here. And then just not watching out, watch anything else. And it turned out to actually be a really good video. Um, it was all about sort of the how there are similar themes in justice league and civil war about the young hero being added to the group and all that and just shows if you will what dc did wrong and what marvel did right Uh, and it's not from a position of they hate dc as a matter of fact he mentions he is a huge dc fan he wants dc movies to be great but he's also somewhat of a student of film and an amateur filmmaker himself so he wants to uh 
you know, he, he's basically looking at this stuff. It helps him gain a knowledge of, uh, of filmmaking. And it's just a very good video. It sort of said some things that I felt and was thinking, but didn't have the words for. Uh, more so the second one, which is called Man of Steel versus Winter Soldier, Changing an Icon. Um, which really, really sort of hit the nail on the head for those movies. Um, I've checked those other stuff. The only other one he really has that was super interesting was why Thor is the best Thor movie. <laughs> and he goes on like, yeah, I like Ragnarok and all. And he said, I thought it was, you know, exciting, fun, but forgettable. And he's not really wrong. I like Ragnarok, but it has problems we forgive because it's fun. Sort of like Guardians of the Galaxy. It has problems. We forgive them because it's super fun and enjoyable to watch. Correct. Um, and he just goes to these three in particular on his channel. These are the things like why I hate this movie where he's not just bashing. He's showing actual film film reasons why he dislikes them. And a lot of little stuff. But, uh, you know, it's very good and interesting to look at, uh, to, to listen to. And, uh, you know, it's good to look at that stuff on YouTube, you know, try and find the people who are getting the the fair and balanced, if you will, the actual fair and balanced, not the Fox News fair and balanced, the actual fair and balanced um, in-depth on movies and all, so we can listen to them, share them, and everyone else can see them, so it's not just, you know, for example, why The Force Awakens was a cinematic catastrophe on every level. Why The Force Awakens, uh, The Last Jedi. Well, it's probably both, actually. And, and, you know, get those out, get people views. That way it's not just the the negative bullshit again and again and again. Uh, Kathy, what did you think of them? I liked that, uh, well, I liked that he compared the characters to Marvel with the, the DC and described why, you know, why the Marvel characters are more memorable Mm-hmm. and likable and engaging than the DC characters. You know, I would have never been able to put my finger on it, you know, what it is that I like so much more about the characters in Marvel versus DC, except for maybe Wonder Woman. I felt like she was she was a little more interesting than some of the other ones, but they spent more time developing her with, with her own movie. I mean, that always helps. Yes. But, uh, you know, that, that they, they ask the question, why are these characters doing what they're doing with the powers that they're given? They're not just describing them as, oh, this guy, he's got powers. Now let's move on to the exactly. next guy. Yeah, that was the Flash versus Spider-Man thing, where in a handful of minutes, they give Spider-Man's everything. Like, without it being overly exposition they're like, you know why Spider-Man's doing what he does. You don't know why Flash is doing what he does. And then they address it later in the film, and honestly, I feel like Flash is one of the stronger parts of Justice League, but it is a great side-by-side scene comparison of the differences. And doubly so in uh, uh, Man of Steel vs. Winter Soldier, where they sort of go, you know, the difference is they're changing Superman to fit in a post-Nolan verse, if you will, you know, sort of DC universe, while on the other hand, the whole Winter Soldier is about how Cap doesn't change. So, uh, Gonzo, what do you think? You know, I, I got to say one thing. These guys make a really good video to start off with. Um, yes. Very good professional type stuff. Uh, the guy's voice is incredible on this, too. Um, and he's a young guy, too. He's really young. Yeah. Um, he, he brought up some really, really good points because I, I'm watching it, and he, he hit the nail on the head. You don't give a crap about the DC heroes. 
at all. You feel like no sympathy for them. You don't know who they are. You don't know what motivates them. I mean, it just on the Justice League versus you know Marvel, you don't mm-hmm. care because you're like, oh, well, that's a superhero. And, and which I think is there. Uh, what kind of upsets me is the Flash could have been the story of Spider-Man that they give on the thing. There's a reason why Spider-Man acts like Spider-Man and the reason why Spider-Man does stuff. Unlike in the DC, you don't give a crap or even know why Flash, yeah, you don't know does, why Flash does stuff. And, yeah. and he does have a good, good little thing in the there. That's probably the best arc, if you will, of the entire of that particular movie. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it really, it really, he hit, he hit it right on the head. You don't care about the DC heroes because you don't know who they are before they do what they do. I mean, we all know the story of Batman and why he does it. But there's got to be some other motivation. Something's got to come deeper in. Uh, that's the reason why you feel for Peter Parker in the Spider-Man movies because of that. One, and he, the scene he shows hits it perfectly about the reason why he does it and the reason why things are happening and blah 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 blah. Um, it, it really, really is amazing the way the guys do this. Uh, the one with um, Superman versus Captain America. I watched that, and I, I did like the Superman movie um, when it came out. But looking back on it and taking what he's saying, I can understand where he's going from. And I go, I'm like, yeah, uh, he is right. Um, you, you understand why Superman is Superman. He is the Boy Scout of superheroes. He's the one person you want to look at to all the abilities. And they got they got more back to it. Like he, There's this thing he does in the video where he's like, all right, right now, just go in the chat and type in what Superman's weakness is. Yes. And it's not kryptonite. No. And I forget what he says exactly is, but basically the whole idea is is humanity hey, is, his, is his weakness. Yeah. He it's cares about everybody and everything. Yeah. And in the new Superman movie, he didn't care about... No, he, he was too busy anybody. fighting the villain. They, they, yeah. And I'm not going to throw... Um, uh, Zack Snyder under the bus for this because he's just a director. There's a screenwriter and script doctors behind him doing other stuff. They hired Zack Snyder because he makes pretty scenes. Correct. And you can't blame it all on him. You got to blame higher ups. And honestly, then you got to blame Warner Brothers and all that for just dropping the ball on the whole thing. And you know what's funny you is feel like. Uh, do you feel like uh, as they're writing these things, they're changing the personalities of these superheroes that we've grown up with so much for these movies because they want it to be the grimdark, but but they're assuming that their motivations haven't changed from the comic books? Exactly that. They're changing them to be, if you will, grimdark without updating their actual backgrounds properly enough to make that believable or fit. I mean, it's unfortunate because Superman, you could have made a story where Superman is, you know, and I didn't like Man of Steel like Gonzo did. I didn't hate it, but I felt hope afterwards. I felt like, okay, this is Superman's origin. He's seen all these deaths. It's going to affect him deeply. And in the next movie, it's going to change who he is. Yeah. This is going to be his watershed moment. Well, I mean, okay. If you look at, because I make a really good point through this, this thing that he's talking about, you know, Superman being thrown through buildings and destroying things like crazy. Superman wouldn't have done that. Nope. He, he, he would have been like, okay, you threw me through a building. I'm going to rescue the people in the building first before I deal with you because that's what go, needs to be done. And, and that's why Superman has less powerful villains because 
when you when you give him an as powerful villain, he can't do that, and thus you take Superman away from being Superman. He can't hold back against them. He can't be like, I'm going to rescue these people, and the reason I can't just beat you is because I'm rescuing all the people while I'm trying to fight you. Correct. That's huh. where his his depth comes in, and really in that movie is where it comes in. Now, you know, I, like they, go ahead. I, I want to say there's, there was a part in this that, where he was talking about where he breaks Zod's neck. Um, I, I don't think that that, and I don't want to say this, that it broke the character of Superman, but I can understand why Superman did it, because he would rather have someone that's doing all these evil things to die than these humans that have no consequences, that have no, you know, no, shouldn't be involved in this to begin with. And I, I, I agree with that part. I just felt like it came out of nowhere after, yes. I mean, look at the devastation that's happened. You care now? Yes. Now you care when it's personal? And again, it still gave me hope for a second movie where, like, they can really go into this. There can be... Like, in my mind, the second Superman movie was going to be fucking awesome, great Superman character study where he actually evolves and comes out of it as Super Superman, the one we know and love, but instead they did Batman vs. Superman. Don't know why we're watching this. Yeah, it, it, it kind of just shifted off. I can understand Superman breaking Zod's neck because he's trying to save the humans. Absolutely. Because I understand that. But I don't understand. I'm going to destroy this entire city being punched and throw people through things and blah, blah, blah. And then come up and go, now I want to be Superman. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't challenge that action as being out of character. I challenge everything that happened before that. Correct. And, you know, it, it, it's it's not necessarily director's fault. It's a lot of fault to be shared around. Script writers should have done it on the ball. And, uh, you know, Zack Snyder, he plays that clip about Zack Snyder saying, if you think I've changed Superman, you don't know the lore properly. And that's Zack Snyder should have just backed off that because the people who are writing the story didn't know the lore properly. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, it's we're hoping maybe Aquaman. I heard there's a teaser trailer I haven't seen yet. Yes, I've uh, seen hopefully that. that helps them, too, because rumor has it they're going to go Flashpoint and they're going to reboot the whole thing. Except Wonder Woman, because Wonder Woman works. Yes. Because um, Wonder Woman, they didn't change Wonder Woman. They're like, Wonder Woman is the Wonder Woman we know from the thing. It's, it's She's got to actually have a story. Uh, Hannah makes a good point. Superman is not a redemption story. Superman is a protection story. He's, mm -hmm. he's supposed to be the quintessential Boy Scout, and that's the way it is. He's he, supposed he is to the care epitome about of what superheroes do. Superheroes don't change the world superheroes maintain the status quo so that we can change the warrior we can look up to him like superman is great i want to be like him doing the right thing but he's to inspire everyone to do the right thing not to do the right thing for them because that leads to tyranny correct um so if you haven't seen it guys go to the was it hit High top game, high, high top, uh, high top movie, high top high, films, high top films, and check out their two videos on that. It's really good. Um, and the Thor one's pretty good. Why Thor is the yeah. best Thor? He he really puts a lot of thought into those. He's got some other ones there. Keep in mind the rest. I haven't necessarily verified for how good they are, but uh, um, amusing. Those three are definitely super good. Um, also, I wanted to say uh, a thanks that someone came into our chat. Uh, Hannah Hannaby, she is another streamer that I've started watching. She's a very, very funny um, lady. Uh, I did do a shout-out for her. Uh, make sure you go check her out. Um, she has some really cool stuff. She does a lot of cool giveaways, too. Um, she's definitely a better painter than me. Um, 
so you can have fun watching her all the time. Um, also, guys, just a friendly reminder, uh, check out our Patreon. If you're not one of the members, Kathy is now doing painting lessons uh, if you're a $5 and up subscriber. Um, also, we should have some more things. We have a new sewer bear coming out. I'm going to load that up tomorrow um, so everybody can have that to listen to on the weekend. Uh, also, you can check uh, iTunes and all that, all your favorite RSS feeds uh, for the podcast, and this episode will be loaded up later tonight. In case you missed the beginning, I'm going to try to have the next uh, Patreon uh, minis and movies out on time. But as I'm moving this weekend, and it requires watching a movie, time <laughs> might be at a premium. I might be a little later, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I will be doing. I'm going to try to get it out before I go to my convention. Uh, this Thursday, get out the uh, Dresden's file uh, um, accelerated reviewed for us and get that out so y'all can see that and hear it. Um, also, don't forget there is no official podcast next Sunday. It is going to be Kathy painting. Uh, should I we do a little one? Yep, I will be painting. Uh, I, so the camera I'm using is is a little. Little what? Sus it's a little suspect, but <laughs> it looks like you can see the uh, the guy. This is the guy I'm working on. I in my last uh, what was it Thursday now? Yes, Thursday. Thursday mm -hmm. morning one. I I established my dark my darks. So tomorrow morning, ten to noon, I will be establishing my lightest lights, and then we start adding color. Um, Yay! I have I have octopus reference pictures to use. Uh, may have a little problem with our Twitch stream. Uh, before we get out of here, guys, we want to make sure we thank uh, Tectonicraft Studios uh, for supporting us. We also want to thank uh, Broken Egg Games for support and Mechanica Studios. And also Xander asked if I'm going to be going to M3. Yes, that's where I'm going this week. I will be at M3 um, and we'll be going there. Um, trying to get another qualifying position at the Invitational, if not getting some more points. I think this is my event to get my Invitational entry. Um, so if you're actually going to be at M3, make sure you uh, look me up. Uh, if you don't know what M3 is, it is a convention at St. Louis this weekend. Um, they have a lot of good games. Um, looks like we're going to have a little bit of a problem with Twitch. Looks like it's going to crash. So, other than that, guys, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. I may have to shut this down without our music at the end. Because it's gone. Hopefully, I'll see uh, some of you tomorrow morning if you are not at work. <laughs> uh, come join me in the chat while I paint. So, um, with that said, guys, we're going to be out of here. Like I said, uh, XSplit crashed, so we are just streaming normally. Uh, so, there will be no outro. Or abnormally. Or abnormally. So there, there's no outro music. So, John, you want to give us the outro music? Uh, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, make sure you take care of each other. Look after each other. If you haven't heard anybody from in a while, make sure you go and talk to them. Find out what's going on. Other than that, guys, take care. I'm John. Oh, yeah.